Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Anne Hardy, CSO of JOIN, discusses how unsecure is your workplace. Thank you, everyone, for joining us at the Innovation Learning Theater for How Unsecure Is Your Workplace with Ann Hardy, who is the Chief Security Officer at JOIN Digital. Thank you, Rachel. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming by and joining me in talking about security in your workplace. So who is here working on security? Do we have any experts over there? A little bit? Okay. Thanks. So my, my plan today is to talk about some of the risks and trends we see about security and giving you maybe some best practices. Of course, you're going to see, I mean, there is no uh, recipe that I can give you, I mean, that I can give to you that you can use in like 15 minutes, but, uh, but at least I'm going to try to make you more aware of some of the dangers and also give you a better understanding about some of the things you could do. So let's get started. Um, so first, the risks are real, and I'm sure you're here for a reason. Um, so Forbes says, for example, that's the first number. Forbes say that by 2021, the cost of damage will be $6 trillion, which is actually just to put things in perspective, it's bigger than natural disasters in a year or it's even bigger than global trade for drugs, <laughs> illegal drugs, actually. So it's huge. So it's a, it's a huge issue. And as time goes, um, things don't really get better, right? So I'm going to talk about that. 2019, so this one is from 12 News. Um, the, so every 14 seconds, there is somebody who falls for ransomware, and again, to put things into perspective, one new person sign, I mean, gets to social media every 15 seconds. So it's kind of similar, right? Every 15 seconds you go on social media, every 14 seconds somebody gets attacked by ransomware or falls for ransomware. Um, then, I mean, other, I mean, this is more for us, right? Commercial real estate or smart buildings. Um, yeah, so Kaspersky say that nearly four in 10 smart buildings are affected. Um, by malicious cyber attacks. And the first half of 2019 was pretty bad. I mean, the, I, didn't, I don't have a picture of the trends, but about one-third of computers that con uh, control small buildings have been impacted by cyber attacks in the, just the first half of 2018. So, so let's see what we see for the second half. But um, So now I'm going to talk a little bit about um, why, I mean, cybersecurity has become so big in the past few years or months, actually a few years, uh, with some examples, and maybe some of you have heard about those. Um, actually, if we go back um, about three years ago, the not Pythia. How many of you are familiar with this attack about 2016 or 17, not Pythia? So the new thing, so this, this attack w came from Ukraine, actually, so some computers in Ukraine were attacked, and then by connectivity, I mean, the fact that we're all global and connected, it just affected some uh, big factories in Danish, um, in Denmark, and then other countries. So, and it took a while, actually, for 
those attacks to be disseminated everywhere, I mean, other places in the world. But the, the thing about these specific attacks and why it become like a very good example for the dangers of cybersecurity was that there was no human intervention. So the attack decimated its by itself automatically in the background without anybody noticing anything until it became real and things were crippled and nothing worked, right? Uh, and this is what we, uh, so another one, one a cry, ransomware. And he, this one actually had, I mean, started about three years ago as well and started to encrypt. So it used uh, a vulnerability in Windows and um, started, I mean, so people uh, had uh, made a program that was encrypted disks on Windows system and asking for ransom. Uh, to get the disk de-encrypted. The thing is that even though the, the attack started to be noticed three years ago, there are still tons of computers that have not been updated or patched and that still carrying the, uh, I mean, the potentiality for being uh, used by, uh, I mean, ransomware. Um, and then there are other examples. I mean, the Raspberry Pi is uh, probably the most recent one where... Um, an employee of NASA started to play with the Raspberry Pi in the lab of NASA, and the, the Raspberry Pi was hacked and was used to transmit a lot of uh, intellectual property from NASA and research documents that went outside. And the, the bad thing about that is that nobody noticed until six months after it started to send things. So, I mean, the, the, the reality is that those kinds of attacks make us realize that uh, this has become very complicated. And actually, in my next slide, I talk about the fact that, well, yeah, uh, what used to be like attacks perpetrated by one human, maybe in his garage or whatever, and not really organized, has become like super sophisticated, uh, very organized. And people, the hackers, they really collaborate, they work together just to perpetrate whatever is going to be big. Um, and nowadays, we say that it's easier to hack than to protect yourself. Uh, and you can even find, I mean, if you, you don't even have to go on the dark web to find things, but there are tools that you can get for one box that will allow you to attack uh, very easily other um, systems or computers um, in, uh, in buildings or otherwise. So what, uh, what makes it... Um, what makes it very difficult for us to protect. And here I'm going to talk about some of the trends and challenges. Uh, and those are probably not new to you, but I want to make it real in terms of the connection to cybersecurity and, and sometimes privacy. Um, so we've all become mobile, uh, and we all work in the cloud, uh, which means that there are, I mean, the what we used to think as walls and what was trusted and not trusted uh, and what was outside and what was inside doesn't exist anymore. So everything is fuzzy. There are no real borders or perimeters. And what was built by some, I mean, security companies that still make a lot of money as uh, perimeter protections or band-aids for IT doesn't really work anymore. So we have to rethink the model of, of security just to make it work. I mean, people even say that some protocols are not really adapted 
for security and there are a lot of people rethinking about the internet and what should the future of internet be so that uh, it's, uh, it's helping us to protect ourselves. I mean, if you think about it, 30 years ago when the internet was built, uh, there was no real issue at the time about cybersecurity, right? And we grew up, we grew up with that and never, I mean, we never built, rebuilt the internet to make it uh, tr with trust by design, right? Of course, IoT devices, and I hear so many companies here um, putting sensors and things, even at the, uh, this morning at the keynote, uh, Disney talking about RFID here and there. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, what's happening to this data that all these devices collect? Or is it stored? How is it protected? Uh, who is it shared with and who has control on it and what are those devices doing that you might not even know. I mean, this is real stuff. And as, so, as soon as you put something that is connected in your building, potentially if it's not secured enough, it could be the entry point or the entry door to everything else you have in your building or in your, in your office, right? So the attack surface, yes, those IoT devices that we multiply and that propagates or proliferate, I should say, I mean, are really a danger. Um, the, the global interconnectivity, so this one is a little bit different in the sense that, I mean, when I talked about NotPetya and the fact that some computers in Ukraine that were um, uh, attacked or used by others to affect some other countries, I mean, we have to realize that we all connected. So even, I mean, if you get out of your building where everything is connected, we also all connected the countries, etc. So those attackers, by using some system somewhere else, they could even go to whatever in the US or, I mean, even through corporations, by the fact that we are geographically distributed, you could enter in one entry and get and affect other people or systems in other countries. So there is no national borders, and especially in IT, in the IT world, there is no national borders, right? Um, so that makes it uh, very difficult. Um, one topic that is, um, that I'm very sensitive about, because I think it has a lot to, um, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of discussions about it, of course, right now, is about privacy. And the thing that uh, we start to put in buildings, which are smaller and smaller, like people talk about smart dust, right? Um, so uh, we think about cameras, we see them, and we can ask ourselves, well, is this camera filming me now? And what's happening with the data that is taking? But at least we see the camera. But if you think about the future, maybe there will be like very small sensors that are under our skins or that are hidden somewhere that we don't even see that may capture information about us without us knowing, right? So all the discussion I was discussing with people this morning, all the discussions about privacy and, um, and what happened to Facebook earlier this year, or was it last year actually? I don't even remember. But all the discussions about privacy, I think it's, very, it's a very good thing in a sense because it will help us to realize or trigger some discussion that need to happen because it's not okay, I think, that we collect a lot of information without letting people know that uh, what is collected, what is shared, etc. So I think, in a sense, for me, that's a good thing. Um, 
so uh, another issue is that for a lot of companies, how many companies here have a chief security officer or security team? Okay, so, so still, I mean, a few, which is good, but some of you didn't raise your hand. So, I mean, this is, security is no longer an afterthought, and I think this is what we have to uh, learn is that unless it's built in and that it's done by design, it's very hard to, um, to think afterward. I mean, that's what makes it complicated, right? Um, I talked a little bit about privacy, and I mean, you've probably heard about the new privacy regulations. Of course, there are, I mean, Europe, maybe it was not probably the first one, uh, but that's really um, created some turmoil uh, in the, in, with businesses about privacy. But what's happening in the U.S. right now, it's pretty, it's pretty hard, actually, for businesses because you have those laws like CCPA, for example, becoming... Um, uh, in effect, 1st of January, which is pretty much like GDPR, which is super complicated privacy regulations that businesses will have to comply to. And then there are some states, other states, that are coming up with other privacy regulations or laws that are not even compatible with CCPA, which makes it even harder if you're a business and you operate in several states. What do you have to do, right? First, you have to know about those laws and you have to follow what's happening. And then you have to comply, which is even harder, uh, especially if you have also to comply with everything international. So I think there will be some consolidations or hopefully some discussions that make, make it easier for, for, um, for us to comply to whatever needs to be complied to. But I think it, there is some complexity uh, in the mix. So... Enough of uh, scaring you, hopefully not too much, but I want to make sure that you start some discussions in your own companies about what's happening. Uh, but then here are some best practices. And again, this is pretty general. And I, I mean, it's very hard for me in 15 minutes to give you a lot of information that you can, where you can really apply. But best practices, so I mean, secure by design. So think about security from the get-go. Whatever you do, think about security, privacy. I mean, already thinking about it and the risk, potential risk that you put by adding anything in your building is really a good habit to take uh, because this is not really something that is easy to fix afterwards. Uh, there are some concepts or paradigms that are super interesting, like people call zero trust, and I like to call it myself zero trust, which are really based on identity and feeling that unless you know who it is that is trying to get access to anything you have in your building or office, you shouldn't let it go. So it's more like instead of, um, of blocking after the fact, just starting from everything is blocked and you allow progressively is the model that a lot of, I mean, companies, modern companies are adopting because it's a better way to be secured. Three Three key things uh, to think about when you talk about security. Authenticate, so that goes back to zero trust architecture, so knowing who it is that is trying to get access to anything. Authorize, so separate authentication and authorizations. And of course, monitor. And here's the thing that I think we have to accept ourselves, that whatever you do, breach is going to happen. Something is going to happen one day, and so you better know it before anyone else 
uh, in your building or any of your customers, right? So you have to really put in place some very um, strict monitoring practices that allow you to know what's going on before anyone else knows, right? And I, th I think that's a big change that's happening right now is that instead of thinking, oh, yes, we are protected and we don't need to do anything, actually, we are never protected. And so we need to think about what's going to happen because something is going to happen someday. Um, big thing also for you, I mean, you all buy things from vendors or you partner with companies, understanding how much they um, align to your security practices and policies is critical. I mean, managing the supply chain of security is really super critical. And I mean, starting with assessing them by asking them, you probably all receive questionnaires about, oh, what do you do for security? Da, da, da. So do the same with your vendors. Make sure that you assess them and you understand how they uh, protect you uh, or how, what's happening if, I mean, what would happen if anything bad happened? I mean, how would you deal with them? How would you work with them to investigate, etc.? Update, upgrade, patch. Uh, so vendors, I mean, some known vendors are pretty good as giving, especially on the software side, giving patches and updates regularly. So make sure that everything you have is upgraded or updated as patch comes. I mean, a lot of, I think there was a, a recent study by Cisco saying that about 80% of the network equipment installed anywhere is not patched properly, so it's still running on all stuff that is vulnerable and that is vulnerable, but so it's a part of the security practices to make sure that everything is patched with the latest. And incidents, I mean, I talked a little bit about it during the monitoring part, but uh, plan for incidents, and I, you mentioned somebody from the FBI. I mean, that's what they would say. I mean, just make sure you have an incident response plan in place and that you test it. And the FBI actually is usually pretty good at helping companies to do that. So that's all I wanted to give you, and I'm just opening it up for questions, if anyone has a question. Or was it just like <laughs> too much information? Like financial wires? Okay. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the, so the question was about, I mean, it was not a question. It was more a comment that you have to, yeah, talk about wire fraud. I mean, I'm not super familiar with the financial space, but... Um, I think, um, I mean, there are a lot of practices now about when you authenticate or when you, tr I mean, just make sure you have multi-factor things so you really check what's, um, uh, in multiple ways, who it is um, that you're talking to or you're exchanging with, right? So, because it's pretty easy when you have, and actually there was, I think I heard about, um, I know I read an article the other day about someone was talking about how easy it is even by um, getting on the phone to get some personal information from people by just, you, you 
call the bank and you say, oh, by the way, I'm the spouse of this person. Can I get some information about how much is left in my account? And, oh, and, uh, and, and you can collect a lot of information very easily by talking to people and, uh, and those people not re really verifying that you are uh, legitimate to ask those questions and collect it. From. So any other question? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the question is, uh, a lot of data is in the cloud now, and how do you protect the data that's in the cloud, or public clouds, right? So uh, there are, so I don't know, do you use AWS or Azure or GCP or doesn't matter? Okay. So there are, so a lot of companies working in the security space or in the cloud space have come up with new tools for companies to know uh, how your systems are configured. So, I mean, the, I think the, the big issue with a lot of uh, company and software running in the cloud is that the configuration uh, to really put together AWS services, for example, Google Cloud services or Azure services, it's pretty hard. I mean, that's not really something that everybody is super, e I mean, uh, super good at, and so there are some tools to help you to understand if you are secure for the cloud. As a consumer, I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, I, we work a lot with Google, so there are a lot of uh, practices you can follow just to make sure that you close whatever uh, needs to be closed. And actually, I mean, my, my approach is really to close pretty much everything and then open slowly as people ask just to think about, I mean, that's a zero trust model pretty much. Um, so yeah, so it's, 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 it's hard because uh, it's, you have, I mean, you have to question and understand what's, how things work just to make sure that, yeah. If you have specific scenarios, I'm happy to tell you more. So I think, yeah, I'm going to close now uh, for the next speaker. And so I'm happy if you have more interest about security to answer any questions. I'm at the joint digital booth, which is like 20 meters from here. Um, so I'm happy to answer any questions. But thanks a lot for joining. Thank you for tuning into What's Next. Have an idea or point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org slash podcast.